Hello everyone and welcome to the Grace, Peace and Balance radio show by Gabi Abdel-Gadir. This is episode 69 and today I have yet an amazing young lady for you and I'm going to read you her bio. Michelle Batt is her name. She holds an honors BA in linguistics from the University of Toronto is a master coach and a facial intelligence expert, which is what we will be talking about a lot today. After more than 10 years of studying human communication and creating the facial intelligence body of work, Michelle has come to know a thing or two about how and what drives people. She has built an understanding of how each one of us needs to show up in life and business to get that successful outcome we're striving for. By creating and implementing the FAST, which is between, which stands for Facial Equity Sales Tactics, Method for Sales Success, she has helped herself and many other entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants and organizations to use the face of others as the blueprint and catalyst for gaining clarity and increasing their business success and revenue. With her brilliant leadership program and Holistic Human Understanding Academy, Michelle teaches leaders and entrepreneurs how to use the power of facial observation to build strong teams and even stronger relationships with internal and external clients to ensure collaboration and true organizational success. Michelle has been featured at TEDx, Toronto, Reinvention Radio, and OMT. Times Magazine, on Times Magazine. Michelle Bat, welcome to my podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Okay, talk to me. Tell me a little bit about yourself first, like uh, growing up, what were you like? Tell me like a little bit of before we get to the facial intelligence thing. Oh, well, you know, it's interesting. I think that some of my upbringing, as probably with most people, has contributed to where I am today, especially professionally, because um, I grew up in a very interesting home. We are, uh, my parents were immigrants to Canada. I was not born here, but came here when I was just two. So um, they, it was a very, uh, everything was new and uh, everything was something to be afraid of. So we lived a very strict. Sorry, where did you guys come from? We came from Guyana. Okay. So South America, but a warm, you know, equator warm climate and come here to, you know, snow and winter and all of the things. And so, uh, you know, my parents were very fearful of, um, you know, the new place and having to get their bearings. And they were very strict, very, very, we grew up in a very strong Catholic home. Um, So there was, I I think, a lot of um, the notion of children should be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, I think that was a, a philosophy of the times back in the early 70s. And, um, And that was how I grew up. So I had to really become a very good observer because you're always kind of in the background watching and because you can't be heard. So you're watching, right? And also, you know, watching for clues as to when 
it's appropriate or safe or respectful to actually be heard. So I started to, I think at a very young age, unconsciously noticing nuances in people's body language and their facial, um, you know, facial landscape to know that, okay, now it's okay. It's okay to be seen. It's okay to be heard. So, um, so I think that, you know, that's my biggest takeaway from childhood. That's yeah, amazing. You're right. Like I can agree with you. We were never heard. Uh, we never res responded back to our parents. We never talked back to our parents in our days. And uh, even if they're wrong, you cannot tell them you're wrong. You get a good beating. I don't know about you, yeah. but I got a lot of beating growing up. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Then you went to UFT, University of Toronto, mm -hmm. here, and you studied linguistics. Yeah, I actually started out as a science major because, you know, my parents were like, oh, you have to be a doctor. And I thought, oh, I want to be a doctor. And I started in science and I just hated it. <laughs> like, I just did not like it. And um, one of the girls that I met in, who was my lab partner in my physics class was kind of struggling as well. And she said, you know, which class I loved the best and I never thought I would. She said, I took a linguistics class and I think it's just such interesting stuff. So I remembered that. And when I went to choose my second year courses, I chose things that I thought I would like rather than things I was struggle with. And linguistics was one of them. And, um, and Greek mythology, I have a minor in Greek mythology, which is okay. really strange, but you know, and then as soon as I went into that class, I was like, oh, I love this. I love understanding how we communicate and um, you know, right from how we think and different cultures think about communication and language to how we structure sentences to what words mean and intonations. And, and it just became my happy place. Like I completely switched my major around and, um, and realize that, oh, you know, I've always been a student of communication in one way or another my whole life, so. Yeah, were your parents disappointed that you switched? Um, I think maybe, but I also think that they were, um, they were at a point where they just wanted me to be happy. I was the first in the family to actually go to university. I had some siblings, um, cousins who had gone to college. So, you know, I think they were just like, okay, well, finish and do well at whatever you do because I wasn't doing well in science because I didn't like it. And at the time too, um, my mother had MS and she was very sick and was not going to last that much longer. And, you know, my father was just like, stay in school, continue, and uh, do what makes you happy, because we were very much realizing that life is very short. And um, so, uh, so as long as you got your education, that was your ticket, too. Like, yeah. we find that nowadays, even with our own children. It, in the end, what they study, as long as they get their, their degree, the degree means more sometimes. And most people don't end up in the field of study that they took in university. Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And I'm glad you followed uh, your dream. How did the facial intelligence come about then after you did linguistics? 
Yeah, that came a few years later. So when I got out of school, I ended up actually working for Bell Canada, which is the communications company, the phone company. So it was really ironic. And I worked there for a number of years. And then, um, then I got married and started having kids. And um, we had four kids very close together. So while they were young, I didn't work. And when I decided that I wanted to go back to work, I wanted to do something that would be um, give me more flexibility. So I uh, got a coaching degree, a coaching certification. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I started working with clients, what I found as I was working the processes of the specific protocols that were given in the certification that I was doing, mm-hmm. that sometimes I, we weren't getting the results that people were supposed to get. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, what, what's something's missing? Like mm-hmm. there's something we're not seeing. So I ended up wanting and putting out to the universe. I need another tool to see what people aren't able to tell me that I'm not seeing. And I stumbled across a book on Chinese face reading at the bookstore one day, and I was very drawn to it. And, you know, when you can't, leave without the book. That was Mm -hmm. the message that I got. And Mm -hmm. um, I read it and I realized, okay, this is the tool. Um, So I found the person who wrote the book and she had a certification program. So I worked back and she was in the States and I went back and forth for two years to learn how to read faces and understand what all the features and nuances meant in terms of how, um, how we'd look at people's faces to get information about their personality and their life experience and their health and all the things that a face can tell you. And I added that into my coaching practice and it started to change the results because people could walk into my coaching office and I could see them and say, okay, I know where the problem is coming from. Even though they couldn't say it, I could see by the nature of their features, what the underlying thought patterns and emotions were that they weren't able to consciously articulate. Um, So over the years, I then brought my linguistics degree and my other body language studies that I had done and created facial intelligence, which is, um, you know, um, I like to call it a, a a combination of ancient wisdom from Chinese face reading and modern strategy from linguistics and body language studies and that kind of thing. Oh my goodness, that is so powerful because before I met you, I never heard of facial intelligence. I've never met anybody who did that or discussed that. Okay, just as a sample, could you do one for me, like a facial reading? Mm. Do I have to take my glasses off for you or what? (laughs) Oh no, it's fine. Uh You know, it's very much... um, the root of facial intelligence comes from Chinese medicine. And as you know, in your work uh, as a feng shui expert, um, that there are the five elements that kind of guide how we, how our space feels and the things that we should do. So that very much is the premise upon which face reading was built is that all of the five elements get represented in our faces. And then that, those elements have a signature in terms of personality and behavior and responses and, and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, when I look at a face, what I'm looking for is, okay, can I see a, 
a, a sign of what that person's elemental nature may be to start to understand who they are and how they come to the world. And, you know, one of the things that's really prominent in your face is that, you know, you would start potentially in that metal or royal space that I, um, you know, when I define the elements in terms of personality archetypes, I would classify metal as royal. So that's very much someone who pays attention to details and uh, can see the big picture and all of the inner workings all at the same time. Someone who's very, very sensitive to the energy of spaces. So the work that you do just falls very much in alignment with your natural gifts um, because you can walk into a space and feel it and feel Mm -hmm. like what's right or what's off, Um, you know, and having things be very organized on the on the surface so that they look beautiful and they feel beautiful is very important to someone who has a metal nature. And, um, you know, they are the best people to potentially translate that into the people that they serve because there are many people who aren't aware that the energy in the space, even if they can't feel it as strong as a metal person can, um, still affects them. And so having, Um, So it's interesting because when I choose people to help me with different things or when I choose, you know, contractors or those kinds of things in any area of my life, I look at what their face says about the things that they pay attention to or the things that they're gifted with to know that, okay, that's the right person to do this job for me. Or when I have clients who come to me and say, well, you know, I want to be a space clearer or something, you know, just to take the example of what you do and their face has no metal in it or and you know and then I think well you're not going to be able to feel this through or maybe that's why you're struggling in the job that you have because you aren't uh, unconsciously connected to it so the learning curve and the ease with which you will do that job or the ease with which you will be able to um, unconsciously start to do something may have you may need more time because that's not where you start so that's kind of the beauty of faces is that they gives this clue as to how we're designed so that we can know how to move through life uh, more in alignment with that design or understanding when we're out of alignment with it oh my goodness that is so amazing incredible and you have um was it every day that you have a Facebook uh, page? Can you talk about what you do and uh, where uh, your? Because I also will have to put in your um, social media links on on the page on my podcast, so that anybody who wants to get in touch with you can get in touch with you. In the meantime, can you tell us about your Facebook that you do on a daily? But is it daily? Daily, right? Uh, Well, we have a couple of things weekly. So I have a Facebook group called Mm -hmm. the Prosperous Businesswoman, because um, the sweet spot of the people that I serve are really women in business. And my goal, especially with the um, facial intelligence training that I do and with the coaching work that I do is to help women build a very prosperous life in that holistic sense. So prosperous relationships and um, self-image and you know, financially prosperous, all of that. So um, 
So that's the group that I have. And um, so we have different things every week, but for the most part, every Friday at 1 p.m., I have a free face coaching Friday where I do some coaching for members of the group. So if they're going through something or they need some clarity, then they can um, hop on a live with me and we talk about what their face says to try and help them move through that obstacle or at least start start mm -hmm. to get through it. And on Tuesdays, we highlight the women in the group and because there are so many experts in there. Um, so we do expert interviews. That's you were our very first of that initiative. Um, and so it really is this beautiful community of women coming together to support each other and um, learn how to grow and lead more prosperous lives. Yeah, and the name of the group on Facebook is? The Prosperous Businesswoman. The Prosperous Businesswomen. Okay, yeah, I'm going to be posting that so that anybody who wants to join uh, this group, uh, it will be easy for you to find in any uh, social media links. I'll be posting that. So anything else you want to add about this facial thing? Anything, any advice you want to give? Yeah, absolutely. I think that we all, especially in this day and age that we find each other in, um, where we're more online and yeah. less in person, that um, being a more observant person is going to serve you really well in the sense that we all, when we put a picture on Facebook or our faces on Zoom or whatever we do, we are giving someone the ability to understand who we are and the little dictionary of us. And uh, we do that freely and willingly. So, you know, the, the beauty of facial intelligence, that it's not um, covert or manipulative. It really is about taking what people are giving you to say, here's my little, you know, real estate, the spatial real estate that is the dictionary of me. And if you will take the time to really look at it, then you can understand me and learn how to connect with me on a much deeper level. And now more than ever, we need that um, yeah, to connect so with each other because we don't have that in-person connection where we can feel each other or we can, um, you know, use touch to to build a bond. Uh, we yeah. really have to build bonds in, in this um, two-dimensional space. And so um, the work that I do helps to close the gap on, on that connection piece. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is very different from the, oh, are you lying kind of body <laughs> language. It really is about um, understanding that each feature has a meaning that tells us something about that person from their personality, um, personality perspectives, their thought patterns, their way they view the world, their life experience, even their health. So it's, it's a, a real like a blueprint of, of who someone is. And, um, yeah, and that's why I really love the work. And I think more than ever, it's, it's important nowadays. Timely, very timely. Yes. Yeah, yes. I am into the eyes like I have a problem I think it goes back to my mom always when I when she was talking to me asking me questions and I had to answer her I avoided her eyes and she's like look at me and then I started to grow 
one thing she said to me that I found very profound in my lifetime is if somebody cannot look you in the eye when they're talking to you, they're not to be trusted. How true did I find that in my lifetime? And if anybody is talking to you and going like uh, this and they can't really look into your eyes, that is a problem. And I mm -hmm. could also tell if someone is a fake or a liar or genuine or not, just when I talk to them by looking deep into their eyes. So that is not a facial intelligence because I only look in the eyes. I don't look into, <laughs> <laughs> you're, way ahead of, you're way ahead of that. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was a beautiful, I would love to have you again, but I have a couple of questions mm -hmm. outside. So if you have to visit three countries before you die, don't overthink it. Three countries before you die, which countries would they be? They would be Italy, okay. uh, Tahiti, okay. and uh, Spain. Spain, okay. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to Tahiti, but Italy is definitely beautiful. So is Spain. I have been to those. So good choices. <laughs> okay, beautiful choices. And uh, what about one last question? If there is one dream that you would love to fulfill before you die, just one dream, what would it be? I can tell you mine. To be an accomplished mm -hmm. pianist is mine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Before I die, I want to be an accomplished pianist. Like I could do every song. I could play every song. That's my dream. <laughs> okay. So what would yours be? Oh, you know, mine is, is, um, is interesting. But I've always, like even when I was a little girl, I always thought I want to win a Nobel Peace Prize. So I have no idea how I would do that. But, um, you know, if I could bring peace to the world in such a way that it was recognized, I think that would be my biggest dream. Oh, my goodness. You just gave me goosebumps. That is an absolutely <laughs> beautiful dream. And you know what? Put it out to the universe and everything will come to place. Trust me. And we will mm -hmm. talk about this one day. Don't forget. We will chat about this and we will celebrate <laughs> over champagne, not wine this time, champagne. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Sounds I'm so happy. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate you and I respect you a lot. And people, you really need to connect with Michelle Bart. She is an amazing human being, a lot more than what she's talking about. And just get in touch with her. I'll put in her social media links down here and uh, keep learning from her. She is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Gabby. You're welcome.